Hello, my name is Jason Farr, the host of There It Is, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. And this is a bonus episode of this week's episode, a pop talk episode, about the Snyder Cut and the MCU, as well as our new bracket, the Action Comedy Movies Bracket. If this is your first time listening, check out Tuesday's episode to hear about the Action Comedy Bracket. This episode, this bonus that I'm about to present to you, is just about the Snyder Cut and the MCU conversation that we had on Tuesday. I condensed it because... I wanted the episode to be shorter, and so I condensed the conversation about those two subjects way down, and then people found out and started demanding that we release the full conversation. They were saying things like, release the Snyder Cut of the Snyder Cut, and I was like, but Snyder wouldn't have anything to do with it. And then there were, some others were saying, release the far Snyder Cut, and I was like, that's not even a good hashtag, and Others are saying, release the snide far cut. And I was like, ah, that, we don't need a portmanteau of our names. This isn't Benifer. And then others were saying, delete your account, which I thought was unnecessary and unrelated. But they, they lost because we're not deleting our account. We are just presenting an even longer discussion about the Snyder Cut and the MCU. And I'm glad that I could share it with you. It's a nerdy talk where we really get into the weeds about the Snyder Cut and the MCU shows that we love. And it's a fun chat. This episode might be longer than Tuesday's episode. But hey, you're getting bang for your buck. This is free stuff here. This is free. Unless you want to support us, which you can, at thereitispod.com. And just click on the support button. There will be a couple of ways that you can support us. We would appreciate it. Okay, on to today's talk. It is the Snyder Cut of the Snyder Cut and the MCU talk with girlfriend of the show, Justina, best friend of the show, Rob, and bro of the show, Trey. Let's talk Justice League, the Snyder Cut. It's finally out. We all saw it. Did you like it? Now, let's actually start with Justina because Justina, when we talked about the Justice League Snyder Cut in the previous Pop Talk episode, you got a big laugh in that you were saying, eh, I don't really think I want to see it, but you saw it. Oh, yeah. I, I don't remember saying I didn't want to, I believe you. I oh, you, you, you said you said the, the laugh was because you said it's going to be long, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was so well done Probably because they not. had the chapters, the parts, you know, so you could pause or whatever. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, yep. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like so much fun and I thought it was great. And all the Amazonian stuff, always a big fan of that. Uh, the only part that I didn't like uh, was the end because the movie ended and then there were all these things mm-hmm. that seemed tacked on to the end to me. Um, but only one thing that, was overall, tacked really on. Liked it. Only Which one I thing think? was tacked on. Only the Joker scene was actually tacked on. The, Everything uh, else was... No, no, no. The Martian Manhunter thing was also That tacked. was originally supposed to be John Stewart, Green Lantern. The studio wouldn't let him do it. They shot John Stewart, Green Lantern as that scene. Studio didn't let him do it, so they had to redo it. That as was Martian clearly Manhunter. a re-shot. Because Ben then. Affleck because looks ben Affleck but, like, but not But not tacked on is what I mean. Because I shot, they shot the original version, and that's 75 I see what you mean. You were drawing scene. a distinction between the fact that the Joker scene was written Just added. for the Snyder Cut, mm-hmm. not originally was it going to be a part of it. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because they because they were gonna do that scene as Green Lantern coming in, and it was shot, and and they had a black actor as John Stewart do that, but when the studio didn't let them do it for the Snyder cut, they had to reshoot it because they had all they shot it with the green lights from the lantern. Mm-hmm. So that's why they had to redo Affleck's part as well as having to now have Harry Lennox do the Martian Manhunters. Department. Interesting. Okay, well, 70, say, 75% uh, of that dialogue was the same. Do you have a lot to say? Uh, what did you think <laughs> about the movie? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I actually am like Justina. I really liked it. Uh, I didn't really see anything that I didn't like. I mean, any I told Jason privately that stuff that I didn't think quite worked is really a Batman versus Superman problem and mm, how it yeah. was set up there. But if you look at this movie in isolation, to me, there wasn't any fat that needed to be trimmed. Like if if Snyder had been allowed to do this as the theatrical cut, obviously he wouldn't have been able to do four hours. So they would have forced him to cut stuff. Could I find stuff that he could cut to get down to three hours or whatever? Sure. But I didn't actually see stuff that didn't help the story or didn't help the characters, stuff that I thought needed to come out. Hmm. And I, And I liked it as is. Like I, I was actually surprised at how much I liked it. Yeah. I um I really liked the scene with the Flash meeting his girlfriend. What's her name? Iris West. Iris West. I do think that was a dope scene. And I understand how they were using it to bolster that character in the story. But to your point, Trey, I actually think a lot of those scenes didn't help this movie so much as uh, they, I don't want to say they bogged the story down. What bogged the story down was that they had to introduce all these characters in this movie. But I don't really think you do need that scene in all honesty, but it's also one of the best scenes in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one, if you were forced to cut it down to three hours or whatever, I think the flash scene, which is why Whedon cut it out, I think, the studio wouldn't let them cut out the Wonder Woman scene, but mm. the, in, in the, you know, the with the terrorists. <laughs> but from a story standpoint, you could take it out, yeah, because we already had seen Wonder Woman in two movies. Mm-hmm. So if you're forced to do it, then that's great. But it is a great scene. It gives us more about her character. The Flash scene gives us more about his character. Because if it, I think if you take it out, then it's the same problem we had with the Whedon cut, which is we don't really know these people well enough to get. Right. Arts and th- and where that coming problem from. is in, I don't know, it, I'm very torn because you're right. We got the movie without Flash and it's not a great movie because they had to cut too much out. But then when I'm watching this four hour movie, I'm like, I don't really know that this has anything to do with the central story. And there's so many, it's not even like, it doesn't even feel like a B story or something it feels like a d or an e story and that's where i'm just like wow this movie has too much going on Uh, let's move on to rob's opinion though what did Mm -hmm. you think thursday march 18th 8 55 p.m central standard time rob mcnab to jason farr i hate you for making me watch this (laughs) jason ha 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 we can wait to do the podcast and not cover this well i started it i might still tap out Next text. Whoa, blood and fuck used. (laughs) (laughs) 
so that's how the movie started for me. Um, and I, <laughs> now, I was told that you were watching on your iPad, though. Uh, no, yeah, I did. Um, because, <laughs> and that made, well, I switched over to my TV the next day. So let me just say, I did not watch this in one spurt. Um, and it was a slog. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was much better, much, much better than the abomination that they released the first time yeah um it made way more sense um the fact that like you know that was superman scream that let that started the mother boxes made way more sense um mm-hmm. than than you know that what they tried to pull together like batman like with the, the the robbers and then him you know killing the bug and then seeing the mother that made no sense so that 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 was a lot better um but uh, you know it was it was better but there was still a lot of staring into the distance there was a lot of slow-mo so much slow-mo um (laughs) so much (laughs) slow-mo um there was just i mean there was interesting stuff i mean obviously he's going for a a tone and atmosphere um but you know I, i i do think it's better but i did feel like it was such a chore to do this and and i'm I wish it was two different movies. And Jason, and I have talked about this. I wish they had done a Flash movie. I wish they oh, had. Yeah. I wish they had already done the Aquaman movie. You know, I wish yeah. there was. They should have followed Marvel, and and so that was the problem. I didn't feel the connection to any of the characters besides, sort of Bat- Batman. But, you know, I don't have that same connection with Batman with Batfleck as I do with you know like christian bale so obviously mm-hmm. it would have been better if it could have been christian bale just in my opinion um if they could have combined those universes because we had the, the the history with him um but that was a problem with for me but um i you know overall i i do think that it it looked better i think <laughs> i mean steppenwolf good lord god like, it looks so it, much it better so much better so much better in this version um, there were so many cool. I mean, they really the the obviously the the Amazonian sequences, like Justina said, were, was was awesome. Um, it was you know they dragged it out, but it was cool. I really liked it. Um, um, I thought that you know, there's just stuff that just made more sense, like from the, when the arrow was fired and things like that. Like that right. just made way more sense in this version. The and then they actually teaming up. To, you know, it's it was a different ending than basically the Whedon ending. And I liked it. It was more of a teamwork type of thing. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, in that sense, it was better. I, I do think you could trim the fat and it's funny. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, this is four hours. I mean, it took me like two or three days to do it. And then the other night I sat down and watched Endgame again from start <laughs> to finish. So, I mean, it's like, and I think it's the difference between I've seen, you know, but by that point I had seen what, like 22 films that built up to it or something. And so I felt, you know, like I knew all the characters and I still, I mean, obviously now when I'm watching Endgame, it's a lot of nostalgia from watching the movie and from the characters and knowing what happens, but it was still, you know, just watching it from a sense of, I've just watched Justice League and I'm now watching Endgame it's just not even close. It's like, <laughs> it's like reading cliff notes and reading the actual book to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not close. Yeah. No, I was just saying, but it was better. <laughs> it was be- much, much better. Um, and whoever was the studio people that made them do the stuff they did should be fired and never allowed to do anything in Hollywood. again. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. And that's where I've said to Jason privately, like most of the most, if not all the stuff that you two just complained about wasn't truly about this movie. 
-hmm. it was about this universe and yes. how it was created mm -hmm. and yes. so yes yes so if you watch this as a movie knowing that the studio screwed up the universe yeah that's why i say there's no fact because you needed this stuff to to have that connection you're saying you didn't have yeah, yeah no i agree but at the same time it was so much that it was hard to have that connection like mm -hmm. and again that is the studio's fault but there i did feel like there were certain choices like in watching it i didn't take notes but there were a couple of things where i was like if you have to put these characters in here, mm -hmm. you are giving them a pretty tall order and the and therefore the audience a pretty tall order in order to care, give a damn, when yeah. you could have condensed this in such a way where you give us an idea who this character is and we don't have to have all of this, not backstory, but it just feels like there's there needed to be a lot more breath given yeah. or a lot more air given to the cyborg well, stuff and flashes stuff and that's why i needed to happen in another movie but if right. they had condensed the way they were presenting them instead of trying to do this deep dive mythical figure these are gods type of approach i think that would have helped the movie and that is a snyder choice problem and how he was trying to do the mistake that the studio was doing of forcing all these characters yeah. into the movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you think about like how long Marvel took to actually have Thanos. Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. yeah, you know, like you get a little bit of him in Avengers and then he says in Ultron, okay, now I'll, I guess I'll do it now basically. And then obviously you get him in Guardians and then you finally really get him in Infinity War. So it took you know, they built him up so long, whereas they're just like, you know, it's like at the end of, of Batman versus Superman, you know, Lex Luthor's like, who's Steppenwolf or so, you know, is that what happened? I can't remember. And that's how much I'm not connected to this. It's like, well, that was actually yeah. a cut scene. That was what you're talking about. Rob, yeah, wasn't oh, it was even in the theatrical oh, version God. of Batman versus Superman. It was an <laughs> ultimate edition. Oh, that's probably I probably just saw the scene on YouTube or something. And mm -hmm. I remember that because, yeah, it just seemed like I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, one studio did their homework and did and took time and one studio, you know, you know, tried to cheat a monopoly and, and <laughs> go past go and stuff. And, yeah, they rushed yeah, it. They rushed that, it they real rushed bad. It. And um, that is the problem. Like, I was rewatching a couple of things with Batman versus Superman earlier, and that is such a flawed movie, especially in comparison to the Snyder Cut. Like the Snyder yeah. Cut is so much better than Batman v Superman. Yeah, and I, I know people the, uh... say the extended version is better than the theatrical version, but that's just because it has more scenes that support what was in the yeah. theatrical version. Just like a four hour version of this is going to be better than any two and a half hour version of, of this Justice League. Right. However, yeah. there's still a lot of dumb, corny, weird stuff in Batman v Superman. <laughs> that has nothing to do with how overstuffed it was the one thing i will compliment batman and superman on is i didn't have to watch king kong versus godzilla because i was like i saw the preview and i was like well here's what's going to happen they're going to fight but then they're going to both say that their mother's name was martha and then they're going <laughs> to fight mega godzilla <laughs> prove me wrong the movie's over yeah yeah well you brought that up and uh i do want to say as, as far as viewership is concerned this movie, the Snyder Cut, is behind Wonder Woman 84 and was behind Judas and the Black Messiah and Godzilla versus Kong. So it still did well, I guess. 
Hard to tell how significant these numbers are when the sample audience size isn't always that large. And one of the places that I read this information, they had like 15,000 homes they were doing. It's like, okay, they're just over 300 million people in America, but that seems like a good sample size. But is it enough to restore the Snyderverse like everybody <laughs> wants? And would you even be interested in, the, in a Snyderverse <laughs> restoration? We'll start with you, Rob. I mean, obviously, the little kid in me wants to see this. Like, I want to see the, I want to see these characters. I want, you know, obviously, like, it's been a dream of mine since a child to see in the big screen Batman and Superman together. Like, it's always, mm -hmm. it's always, I mean, no matter what, because if you, be, if you were to ask 12-year-old me, what would be more important to you to see the Avengers or see Batman versus Superman? I'd be like, who are in the Avengers? Like I, you know, like yeah. I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have known who the yeah. Avengers were Same. versus Batman and Superman are the, the, you know, the, the pinnacle. And so like, so that's, what's been so frustrating to me is it's like, I should be so giddy and excited to finally see this. And it just doesn't feel that way. So, so I guess my, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic that it could get, it could get better and it could, it could reach the heights, of which you'd hope for, um, but on the other hand, it's like, what, you know, what kind of formula does it have to pass through and what kind of studio stuff does it have to pass through? And like so many filters, will it just end up being kind of a, a B minus film, you know? And that, that's, I guess my, that's my fear is like, I would like to see them go further as a fan of the, the characters, but I just don't know if it's there. Yeah. What about you, Trey? So I... I think because I've read a lot about what Snyder's actual plans were and, and going back to even before Batman versus Superman, it made me much more interested in his vision because mm -hmm. what, what Batman versus Superman, I think part of why that was much more flawed than his justice league is that uh, it sounds like there is so much more studio interference in that one. Mm. And, and they forced the Batman versus Superman as the second movie Whereas Snyder would have had a second Man of Steel movie and maybe at the end of that tease that Bruce gets the kryptonite or something like that. that was, and so it, it's, it's just much more breath. And then knowing where he's going, like that's why he tacked the, just, the Joker scene into the Snyder cut mm -hmm. because that was teasing what would have been in his next mm. Justice League movie. Because uh, there was going to be a whole movie of just the nightmare. Mm. Where where Superman succumbs to anti life, um, because and it was Lois going to be gets a nightmare. Established that it was just a nightmare. It was going to be real. It was, it was real. real. They, they, they call it nightmare they call it nightmare because it's confusing. A dark to put it in MCU terms, that time period oh. that he was planning would have taken place in the five years of the blip in the MCU. Yeah. Oh, and, then they, okay. and then Justice League fixes everything and that's why in batman versus superman which you didn't see justine i know that's why there's that scene of the flash telling bruce something mm -hmm. um it would have gotten paid off and it would have gotten movie. paid off in a movie back. I, and, that, and that's what that's what i kept waiting for i was like are they going to pay that off in the snyder cut because that was one of those scenes i was like oh okay like we we saw snippets yeah. of it again so when yeah. cyborg was communing with the mother boxes we yeah. saw a version where the earth blew up or got oh, terraformed yeah, yeah. because mm -hmm. of the mother boxes, but Flash undid that when he mm -hmm. traveled through time and that's right yeah. fixed it. And so then when that happened, Cyborg saw another few visions of 
Loa's getting burnt up in the Batcave and mm -hmm. uh, Darkseid putting his hand on Superman's shoulder. And that's when he succumbed to anti-life. Okay. So okay. those set in motion the dystopian future where Superman works with Darkseid and they're unstoppable because it's Superman and Darkseid. So yeah. we would have had a whole movie of that. Yeah, And then yeah. they would have, uh, Cyborg and Flash would have figured out the right time to go to talk to Bruce because he was too soon in Batman versus Superman. Oh, I see. And so Flash would have gone back, gone to the right time, and Batman would have sacrificed himself mm. so that Lois could live. And that and not... fixes the future. Oh, okay. So it's basically the last Justice League movie is the Tony Stark snap that kills Tony Stark. Spoiler. Well, I mean, that's uh, no, I'm just <laughs> but I'm saying when you hear it like the played most out that way, screw you. Yeah. <laughs> but when you hear it, hear that that was the plan and I and Snyder planned for it to not be so overstuffed is the studio that kind of caused that. That's where I get excited about actually seeing it. Yeah. And the Joker, they would have had the Joker in that dystopian future working with Batman and all of them because he mm. would have known where Kryptonite was or yeah. something like that. So, so they were just teasing that part of it. And that's yeah, and that, I mean that, and that's what's so frustrating is it's like, it, this is obviously where you've got so many short-sighted people that don't see the long game and don't see, I mean, they see oh well, Marvel's here and we want to be there, and it's just you're not going to be there. Like you've got to yeah. do the work, and I, that, that's so. It's such a big problem in Hollywood too, where they don't have a long game; they just want. Yeah, like the big splash now so they can make a bunch of money now so they can please stockholders. But what's always better is to make a better thing and present it well, because mm -hmm. those usually make you more money long term. I mean, but, like, I mean, like and on paper, if you were to tell somebody, OK, we're going to make two Ant-Man movies, we're going to make multiple Doctor Strange movies. Like, I think after watching Infinity War and Endgame again, it's like, I really like Doctor Strange now. Like, I'm looking yeah. forward to the new Doctor Strange movie. I can't believe that. Because well, yeah, I was, look, um, like, yeah, I'm I was underwhelmed. I was underwhelmed by that movie. And then I've gone back and, like, really appreciated it. And I think it's because I really appreciate that Marvel takes their time. And, yeah. and, and, and that's the difference. And so. The big mm -hmm. difference. It's just a huge difference. And that's Here's what's all of this stuff about yeah. what the Snyderverse would have been. Justina, are, would you be interested in seeing it at all? It, at this point in time? Yeah, like yeah. if they end up making these... Uh, like, I don't see how they could. Right. I think it's too damaged at this yeah. point as a franchise. Well, that's what I think, too. But, and, but, and I think yeah. that's... I actually think that's why the numbers weren't better for the Snyder Cut, because yeah. it's the combination of people have a bad taste in their mouth over what's already happened. Yeah. Yeah. Plus knowing it's four hours. And, Plus, and I don't everything know how else has moved but, away from it so much. I mean, if they restored mm -hmm. the Snyderverse, even <laughs> if it would be, it would be financially viable, even if the studio would be down with doing it, how do you then fold in where Wonder Woman 84 and where Aquaman went away from the universe? Right. Yeah. Shazam moved away from the Snyderverse. Like, how do you really do what, how do you really restore it since those movies actually exist. See, I don't know that I agree that it moved away from it because- Zack Snyder agrees with me. <laughs> they, well, they moved away from 
uh, well, what, maybe what smaller I, details, but still. what I took him to mean is more, yeah, like the smaller details or they've already abandoned it. Like they know that's not their future plan, but I don't think anything that's happened in these movies contradict or prevent what would have been depicted in Snyder's movies. Cause it, you would have had similar to Marvel. You would have had these other solo movies and these other mm -hmm. side movies right. in between. If you were, if you were at Warner brothers, Trey, would you, want to continue with Snyder or if you knowing what you know would you say we're starting from scratch we're going to find a new or well, maybe we'll go with Pattinson Rob you know we'll go with Pattinson we'll find a new Superman would you start all over and just do it the right way or would you try to try to see if you could I mean I guess you'd have to look at the cost analysis of what I mean because it costs a lot of money to make the Snyderverse I mean or the to the Snyder cut I don't think they're going to recruit any of that. I don't know. I mean, they have to make a business decision because what they spent like what, like 80, 90 million dollars to do this? I thought the number was 70. 70. Okay. Yeah. Whereas so Sweden like, spent like a hundred million on, on his so that, wow. Yeah. Good Jesus. So this is like a five hundred million dollar movie. I mean, yeah. Yeah. They'd so have I, to do so, a real serious box set, maybe. To get yeah. people to want to like go buy that with all these extras, but I'm but go but ahead I, and answer. Uh, yeah, Rob's yeah. Like, what do you think? Like, what would you do? So you know, without <laughs> seeing the numbers and the stuff that they know in house, yeah, I don't think you throw the baby out with the bathwater. So that's mm -hmm. first of all. I think ha Henry Cavill was a very yeah. good, if not great, Superman. Yeah, obviously Wonder Woman. Yeah. is their marquee person. So you're not yeah. going to throw out Gal, Gal Gadot. No. Uh, and while while we on this Zoom thought that Aquaman stunk as a movie, it was still another one of their high prize movies. So you're it not, was. And, and he was, in Snyder's movies, he was a very good character uh, to me. Mm -hmm. um, so you're not going to throw Jason Momoa out. So you're already not starting from scratch. Uh, mm -hmm. I think which one I would consider, which version of Justice League I would consider canon I would mm -hmm. consider Zack Snyder's the one that's canon because it seemed to tee up the next few movies a little better. Okay. Um, you don't have to finish Zack Snyder's vision yeah. for this cut to be what which one is canon because, you know, I think that the characters act more like what we saw in their solo movies. Yeah. In uh, certain aspects of their world were set up better in Zack Snyder's version. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the one you you use as the foundation, whether you bring him back or not. You know, yeah. As a fan, I'd rather see Zack Snyder's stuff play out. Maybe not exactly as he had it planned. He's a collab, to me, he sounds like a collaborator as you bring mm -hmm. in some of these other voices. Yeah. Some of his stuff would probably get tweaked. Yeah. But, but even if you don't want to finish Zack Snyder's, um, you can use Flashpoint, which they apparently are mm -hmm. already planning on using, as a re way to reset it. That could all re that could. Well, that's along the lines of what I'm going to go to piggyback on what you're saying, Trey. I say Flashpoint should lead into some sort of infinite Earths. They this is the to me the fan service <laughs> they I think they have to do to restore faith in them having these properties. Mm -hmm. Use Flashpoint and a couple other movies to lead to an infinite Earth's crazy movie that brings back a bunch of different Batman, like they're already bringing back Michael Keaton, allegedly, for, for the new Flash movie, if that and ever Batflip. happens. It's been long gestating. Even throw in TV show characters, like 
have like Hawkman come in, have Brandon Ralph come in, have Stephen Amell come in and, and Grant Gustin and, and Melissa ben Benoist, but then also do all, all these different movie versions of the Joker that you can and Batman, uh, you know, like do all you of can these only things. You what? can only do two, you can only do two jokers because because I know of them that are dead. you could. <laughs> I mean, you probably have to recast and maybe maybe Ben Foster's up for being Heath Ledger's Joker. Uh, but, yeah, um, yeah, he would do it. And He'd and it. actually, Jack Nicholson also has retired from acting, so I don't even know. Oh, know that makes did. sense. But his character died. But no, no, I got I got that. Christian Slater. Christian Slater. Christian Slater. <laughs> um, but. My point is, do some sort of crazy thing that's bigger than what MCU could do and bring all of these in a well-crafted way into the fold in some insane Infinite Earths movie. Yeah. And reboot the franchise from that. And then, because I, mm. there's a part of me that wants him to reboot, but I love Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. And I, I agree that it's like, why would you just get rid of, of Jason Momoa when he's so popular as the character. So give us another movie or two with him and another movie or, of, or two with Gal Gadot, put all of them in an Infinite Earths movie and then reboot from there. Here, here's what I would do. And I'm not, I'm not joking here is I would, and they maybe have already done sort of this. I would offer Kevin Feige and the Russos so much money to come <laughs> fix it. Cause obviously, and I, especially with a lot of stuff that's come to light, my opinion on Josh Whedon is way down. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, you know, I would have defended that guy to the earth, uh, you know, probably months ago. And now that I'm seeing a little more about him, especially some of the stuff with uh, Chris, the carpenter and stuff like that, like that's, yeah. you know, that's horrible stuff. Um, like, I wonder if he's not as good as he thinks he is, but I do. And I do believe that. Yeah. I do believe though, the Russo's, Bring it. I mean, to do Infinity War and Endgame is yeah. an, a feat that I mean, I don't think they'll ever really. I know that you won't give an Oscar to a film like that, but like, I mean, it was You're more epic, to man. me. It was more impressive than the, than the Return of the King. Also, I fell asleep during the Return of the King and the <laughs> Hobbit. So <laughs> come at me, come at me, Middle Earth nerds, come at me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid dorks. Uh, and, uh, no. And, and Rob, I, I agree with yeah. you because as Jason knows, because I've said all this to him in emails and stuff that, that I keep inundating him with. Um, <laughs> even well before this stuff about Josh Whedon came out, yeah. I had questions about him as a storyteller. Because you go back to as they were getting ready to do the Avengers, I read an article where they were promoting it, and it was all the positive stuff that you would say to promote it. And Joss Whedon was talking about how he rewrote scenes in the first Captain America movie and maybe one or two of the other lead, like Thor, mm -hmm. so that he could make those movies in line with what he was doing with mm -hmm. the Avengers. And, and that stood out to me. And one of the reasons I still remember it is that I thought, you're just changing their movies to suit yeah. yours? I mean, you're not working together to make yeah. this universe? And... Yeah. <laughs> But then I and I had questions because I didn't I wasn't into Buffy or Angel and the stuff I saw in the commercials. I was like, ah, that mellow. And see, and I was, I was, I. But yeah, having the woods but, is solid too. Yeah, I did like that one. But yeah, anyway. But when the Avengers came out as a movie, I liked it. 
Um, it, it had been however many months since I had seen the last of these movies that led up to it. So to me, the characters made sense. And I, one of the things I said mm -hmm. to Jason at the time is, oh, of course, Cap and Iron Man would have an issue. And Cap would think that Tony's all about himself, even though the audience knows that Tony put himself on the line in the previous two Iron Man movies. I see why Cap would think that. Yeah. But then when, when Age of Ultron was about to come out, FX did a like a week-long binge of, of phase one of the MCU. Yeah. So I watched all of those movies in short succession in lead up. Mm -hmm. And Jason, I think you told me you and Justina did something similar. And uh, when I rewatched the Avengers after having done that, I was like, what the hell is this? Because <laughs> all the characters were wrong. And in, in Cap's solo movie, he kind of looked up to Howard Stark. Tony is his son, his, is his father's son. And Howard was much more into the, you know, money and fame and, and mm -hmm. building the weapons than Tony was, at least post, uh, post desert. Um, so why would Cap be all hard on Tony, except that Joss Whedon, one of the other things he said in promoting the movie is, you know, these are people who shouldn't be in a room together. That's what makes them family. Like that was his approach to this. Mm. So he just thought there needed to be conflict, period. But yeah. he did it in a way that didn't suit the characters. And Loki, to me, didn't make any sense because he wasn't just a murderous, like loving, bloodthirsty, loves to kill in Thor. Any killing he did was the bad, you know, the quote unquote bad guys. And to try to win favor because of how poorly he was raised by Odin, mm. which the yeah. writers even said that was one of the intent. So it's not like bad on the movie. Uh, now they've retroactively apparently made it that the mind stone that was in Loki's scepter is affected Loki, but I don't think that was the plan. I always thought that the was movie. the. I always thought that was the case when you go back and watch because I rewatched re it with my wife because she's not because my son's really into the Avengers now though I'm not gonna let him watch anything yet, um, and but you know she wanted to kind of you know get to know a little bit of it and so we watched the Avengers and I when I was watching it, I noticed like Loki's sweaty the entire movie. He's nervous. He's scared. And I thought part of that was the Mind Stone's power and mm. his fear of Thanos. And um, I kind of took it as that. And obviously there's that scene where he looks out over New York and he sees all the destruction and he's not giddy about it. He's horrified, but yet he's trying to hold it in to me. It, like that's the way he, the, the Hiddleston played it. And so he's not like, he's not bloodthirsty and he's also kind of leary of what he's done. And, yeah, but and so he, I guess, but he yeah. celebrated that some of the murdering though. That's part of what I'm talking about. Well, you've got, yeah. Like when he's yeah. like in, and he's, when he's like in, um, is it, is he in Germany or is he in, he's in Europe. Um, and when he goes and he steals that guy's eyeball and stuff, he's mm -hmm. kind of a little cavalier about that. Mm -hmm. um, and he's definitely, he you know, he thinks people are beneath him, but I don't really think, you know, I don't really feel like he is enjoying it. Like, for instance, and actually, Thanos, well, Thanos doesn't enjoy murder until he says in, in Endgame when he's like, I'm going to enjoy, mm -hmm. you know, destroying. Right. But that, I even yeah. heard that, that was revenge. He was a younger. Yeah. Because he was younger. Yeah. Yeah. And, but even but, but he also knew one. that he, he also knew yeah. that he failed by trying to save half the universe. So he's like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. yeah. You all were well, celebrating that. So F y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. You know, long story short, Josh Sorry. Whedon is a dick. <laughs> yeah. And that's he is. part of the he, thing here. He is, is that, a dick. Yeah. He um, is. 
part of the thing is with the behind the scenes drama, like Chris Torrio, who wrote Justice League and some other mm-hmm. uh, uh, some other of the movies, but he was brought in on Justice League. He thinks to appease Ben Affleck because they worked on Argo together. Mm. And he thought that the 2017 theatrical cut was an act of vandalism. And then you have Ray mm-hmm. Fisher saying everything that he's saying. I don't know how the Snyder cut, how the Snyderverse could be restored. And um, it would be nice if Ray Fisher didn't get the shaft here, but I, I it just looks like that's what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. The execs well, are pr- protecting each other rather than trying to do the right thing. And yeah. that's what, that's what sucks. It's like, it's not going <laughs> to, but I mean, I, you know, what a surprise, like an African-American man gets the shaft. Gets I don't know. I mean, who you wasn't know, a big name. Like if he, yeah, if he, if, he came out of theater. So if he was a big name, like if it if was Michael been B. Will Jordan, Smith, or yeah, Michael B. Jordan probably. They would have been better. listening, yeah. yeah. You know, but they, yeah. they didn't want to listen to this, this young I don't dude. know. If you listen to what, what Whedon said, uh, allegedly at least, to yeah. Gal Gadot, I know that she wasn't that big of a name. She wasn't necessarily Michael B. Jordan level in terms of number that of post credits. Wonder Woman, though, was But it was post-Wonder Woman. Yeah. I mean, she yeah. was no, Giselle. Saying... Hello, she was Giselle in... In Fast and the Furious, I get it. But. So, so you know, <laughs> yeah. palm but if he breaks was, a little bit. Yeah, but Whedon allegedly threatened Gal Gadot's uh, career based uh, on not doing stuff he wanted her to do, and she had to take that to the execs. Now she hasn't been as open about that stuff as Ray Fisher, so I don't know quite what it is that that happened. But that's yeah. the stuff I've read in a few articles. Mm. Uh, so if he's willing to do that to her, I don't think he'd be holding back on a Michael B. Jordan. Oh, that's a good point. Well, well I mean, it's a shocker. Really well, it's just, it's just such a shocker that a guy that who started his career working for Roseanne Barr would be <laughs> questionable. I mean, because she's such a good sign, sound in mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, we but just to put the button on the on the collaborate. The reason why I brought up Whedon not collaborating is yeah, know, Snyder and Terrio to me just seem like they're big and collaborating, and that's why I think if they had better Feige type leadership at Warner Brothers, I think Snyder could have done something really special. I like his plans. I like his ideas. Do you think in twenty to thirty years we'll view Kevin Feige in the same way we re- review like someone like Robert Evans? And the intelligent, like to to bring something like the Godfather and things like that to the world, do you think we'll review him like I that think way? We'll review, we'll look at him as better because I I've heard a lot of people sort of question uh, Robert Evans' um, <laughs> actual prowess as a producer. Uh, they, they a lot of people were saying that he kind of has overstated what he's done. So I I think Feige will be uh, much more well regarded. He's got to get that. He's got to get that gold statue, though. That's the only thing. Yeah, and I think I think what's going to hold that back potentially is how people view superhero projects. I mean, you still have. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Scorsese just kind of out of the blue decided to say that they're not film. Uh, they're not they're, they're 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 not cinema they're theme sorry. park rides. <laughs> yeah, and, and you've got enough people who still think that. I mean, despite what we've seen on, yeah. on the screen. Um, so that's the kind of thing that may hold him back in terms of how much he's he's thought of. But yeah, uh, you know, you look at all the stuff that he's overseen and the, the freedom. I think one of the things that's overstated about the MCU is that there's a formula to it, and that they are yeah. cookie cutter. 
because yeah. you know James Gunn got to do his thing, Ryan yeah. Coogler got to do his thing, and so on and so on. Yeah, um, and they are all still feel part of the same universe, and, and I think Feige deserves a lot of credit. Uh, yeah. All right, changing gears to another comic book world, the MCU TV shows, or as I suggested, maybe the MTU. WandaVision and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or as Justina calls it, Hawk and the Snowman, are both <laughs> big shows. Everyone has been talking about them, especially WandaVision. How have you felt about the MCU extensions into television? Let's start with you, Justina, because you watch those with me. Yes, I really like them. I thought the first couple episodes of WandaVision were, were like, what is happening? Yep. <laughs> I thought it was a great payoff. I really enjoyed it. Um, the MCU continues to impress. I don't even know how they did it. I mean, to go, to sort of piggyback on what you, something you were saying previously, Rob, of how the, the last couple of Avengers movies made you appreciate and like Doctor Strange, the movie and the character more. I felt that way with this television show in terms of Wanda, because I was not into Wanda. Yeah, and oh I was re-watching um, <laughs> Civil War. I, I don't like her either as much, but I get it. Yeah, I and get it. I like it. It's well I, done, and yeah, the show did yeah. a great job of rehabbing that. Yeah, not, yeah. To, not to interrupt, but like I just remember we saw Endgame, mm -hmm. which was possibly one of my favorite feelings of a film ever, was because I got to go see it with Jason and our, and our other best friends oh, yeah. in, yeah. in New York City, and it was really emotional for me um awesome. we all cried but uh maybe not jim because he has no heart but um but I, I remember like wanda and she's like you took everything from me and he's like i don't know who you are and i'm like oh god she said i was like i like cringed in the yeah. theater because she just made me cringe i rewatched it and i'm like man you get him why and like i'm like she almost yeah. had him she almost had she was almost the scarlet witch like she almost she if he hadn't have like done like hailfire, um, she would have killed him. Yes. So I mean, you know what I mean. So that's the that's what the MTU has done. Yeah, I just it's, yeah. they've done such a phenomenal job with all these characters, and we've been rewatching a lot of MCU movies, and we're like every single character, regardless of how small they are, yeah. uh, in the the grand scheme of things, you have your marquee characters, and you're less so. Um, I, they all have such a well thought out and and deep arc story arc mm -hmm. all of them every single character and it's great even like the other characters in uh wandavision have an arc and have mm -hmm. like things that are paid off uh in the television show from the ant-man movie or whatever yeah. and it's just so great and i love it and it really is the best and this is also piggybacking <laughs> piggybacking on something you said rob when the first movies were coming out during phase one when they started talking about phase two and phase three and they're going to do an ant-man movie i was like who the hell is ant-man yeah <laughs> and i probably won't want to see superhero movies by the time 2019 or whatever the hell rolls around i don't want to see all this stuff but i'm so bought in because they've done it so well yeah warner brothers you screwed up <laughs> yeah, wanted to, to to even drive it further home how poorly Warner Brothers screwed up. It was not possible for any studio to pull this off except Warner Brothers yeah. up until they created Marvel Studios. 
because Marvel had sold all their IP to everybody and they had retained just a small number of characters. They didn't even have the rights to the Hulk. Universal still mm-hmm. holds solo movie rights to the Hulk. That's why we yeah. haven't seen a solo Mark Ruffalo movie. Um, and back when Brandon Ralph and Christian Bale were Superman and Batman, people were calling for a team up or some kind of thing in there. Mm-hmm. And their contracts allegedly included a team up movie for, for Ralph and Bale. But for whatever reason, Warner Brothers didn't see the value in it. Plus, they didn't think the finances could work. Yeah. Um, and they were crapping on Superman Returns. Yeah. Even though it uh, made the same amount of money as Batman, Batman Begins. Batman Begins. Yeah, I never understood that. Batman Begins is seen as a success and Superman Returns is a failure and they make the same amount of money. And the amount of money Singer spent on Superman Returns was the same amount of money roughly that Christopher Nolan spent. What, what gets tacked on when they compare budgets is the 20 years prior of trying to develop the next Superman movie. <laughs> They're trying yeah. to make a, and, and a, two other iterations, yeah. And also you've got Brian Singer and Kevin Spacey, and that's a that's a pair that we just don't need to go We for. don't need. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but my point is obviously they had the ability. Yeah. They just didn't have the foresight. So Marvel starts to see, hey, we've got, you know, we don't have Spider-Man. We don't have the X-Men. But we've got Cap. We've got Thor. We've got Iron Man. Uh, why don't we do something? Mm-hmm. And, and so it was seen as risky because these were B or C characters. Yeah. And they pulled it off and they proved to everybody. And then nobody learned the right lessons because the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, they tried to rush to a connected universe rather than tell Spider-Man stories. They were setting up the the sinister sticks instead of actually telling movie stories, uh, and, and the X universe was hit or miss depending on who was directing a given. Yeah, Fantastic movie. Four also. Yeah, and so nobody really quite understood why don't we take this seriously and tell a good story, and let it build up. Yeah. Even now, even now, that's why the DCEU is screwed up. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. <laughs> And and you, to your point, I agree with everything y'all said about the TV shows. Uh, I the one thing I disagree with is I got it. I understood Wanda's pain in Endgame. Like I yeah. I cared about that a little bit. Yeah. But as a side character, because she's not Cap or Iron Man or mm-hmm. more, there's limited time to develop her in in Vision. Yeah. So that's the purpose of these Disney Plus shows, and uh, that came out of. I guess it was Bob Iger said to Feige, hey, we're going to start Disney Plus so we could use some Marvel content. So it was like, oh, okay. That's basically, these shows are done off commission. When they planned the first three phases, they weren't talking about it. You know, Mm -hmm. that's that's a recent thing then. And that's amazing that they have been able to do it such justice, no pun intended, with these shows because it wasn't something that they were planning since Iron mm-hmm. Man or Captain America, the mm-hmm. first Avenger. I mean, it was new stuff. But and I will say to the one to the Wanda stuff, I didn't think she was poorly presented or not no. written well or not acted well in those other movies, uh, in all the movies she's in. I well, my thing was just something about the character right. I didn't like. You know what I mean? It wasn't even it wasn't that I thought they had screwed up and it. I thought they they were that stuff was fine. I just was like, oh, I don't know. She seems kind of 
And well, like, they, I don't know if I could trust her. I don't know if it was the Russo brothers decision, but when she went from, I am Wanda and this is my, you know, weird Eastern European accent and, and, and you've got Quicksilver with his, oh, I'm so fast. Hey, hey. They you got didn't see that it. coming? Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> like that, the fact that they went to no accent at all, I was like, that's brilliant because the accent was terrible anyway. Yeah. And, and, and then, they made it a story point. They made it a story. <laughs> That's why Marvel is awesome. It's because yeah. they made it a freaking story point. And like, it was, it was impactful. And the thing I have a thought about Wanda was, and I told my wife about this is like, well, if I was like, if I was an average person um, and I'm obviously above average, as you can mm. tell listeners, no, no, as in just, you know, not, not someone who like us that like obsesses about this thing if i had had disney plus and started watching wandavision i would have been like what the hell is this like this isn't superheroes this is a, this is a 50 sitcom what is going on i don't yeah. understand but it, and that's why i was like that's why i got really into it really quick i was like oh man people are gonna be so mad because like they don't know what's going on <laughs> and then like the payoff that you know that she used to watch the shows and things like that that was totally. so smart so and it was just like oh yeah obviously if you had an unimaginable amount of power and you were just hurting so much you would probably go back to what comforts you and what comforted her was those sitcoms and mm-hmm. it just made so much sense yep. and that she created this world based off of what she loved. And, but yeah. It, yeah, it just was like smart. <laughs> I do think that probably part of why you all weren't as into Wanda was because I think Whedon's more into his quips yes. and, and that kind of stuff and do it the way I'm telling you to do it. I disliked Whereas her, I do th- I, not to cut you off, but I disliked her the most in Civil War. Oh, okay. Well, I, but I do think that if that's you yeah. know, Civil War is just the second time we saw her, right? So, but know, it's, it's totally different found, approach. I, to, I mean, from the director, well, it was jarring, but it was I, I, you see, that's weird because I enjoyed it more. That I liked, I liked what they that where they went with the character in Civil War versus um, and again, I'm not on. saying they were, they went the wrong direction or anything like that. I just yeah. mean, I thought she was mean. You know, she was like, you're pulling your punches. And it's like, I don't want to see these people die, new person. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just got here and you're too mean. And also, yeah. there's Spider-Man. He's finally, we got a real good Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> True. My, my yeah. point in bringing this up is yeah. I think I think that the Russos, as well as Feige, mm-hmm. have these conversations about where do you think your character's going? Like that's part of yeah. where they set this three yeah. picture arc for Hulk since he's not allowed to have his own solo movie yet. Yeah. Uh, because of the universal deal. So they, they talked to Ruffalo. Where do you see him going? So they set the three picture arc between, um, I think it's Ragnarok, uh, Infinity War and Endgame was the three picture arc that they talked about. So they were, they were building out Hulk in that way. And I think they had these same kind of conversations with Bettany, and with uh, Elizabeth Olsen. And so that's where you see there was probably a choice, a collaborative choice on dropping the accent. Yeah. And I don't think it wasn't, if I remember correctly, it wasn't just one movie she has it, the next movie she doesn't. I think there is some of it still in Civil War, but less and then gone. Yeah. The Which people made fun of at the time when they were doing these review videos and stuff on YouTube. But now we see WandaVision 
and we see where it came from because that, she's apparently yeah. trying to be more American and, and all of that. Right. And they nailed the, the, I mean, you, you got like the 50 sitcom, they, they really differentiated between I love Lucy was that what she liked? And then Dick Van Dyke, or was the was the sixties Dick Van Dyke? Dick or... Van Dyke was. Or Mary. Dick Van Dyke was fifties because no, they even had the. Who's uh, the, the who, yeah? Um, who's the sixty? Who are the sixties based off of? I feel like it was a few things though. The seventies was a lot. Was basically the Brady, Brady Bunch. Bunch. Yeah. yeah, and then the eighties was. Um, Family well, ties and, and a little bit of Full House. Full yeah, a little bit of Full House. Yeah. And then you get Malcolm in the Middle, and then you get mm -hmm. Modern, Modern Family, Family. The Office. Modern, more Modern right. Family than The Office. And a little Happy Endings, which I didn't watch, but apparently, the oh, I love Happy Easter endings. Egg videos. Yeah, pointed out some of the Happy Ending stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm blank. Yeah, I think I love Lucy. I'm blanking on who else for the '50s, but Bewitched was, I think, straddling yeah. the '50s and '60s. Even oh, though yeah. was just. A I always 60s think that show. was more of a '60s show. So okay. See, Bewitched yeah. was a '60s show, but I think in terms of how they approached the '50s, yeah. scene, it had some Bewitched in it. Okay, they they would lean more heavily into Bewitched. I mean, it was strictly. I mean, they even had their opening sequence in the '60s. Looking mm -hmm. at yeah, but I mean, like they just did such smart things. Like you know, and, and Jason, you were saying earlier about bringing in. I mean, they brought Randall Park in from Ant-Man 2, and mm -hmm. he was, I love him. I, I love him just in general. Um, hashtag always beat my maybe. But um, <laughs> but uh, the, he, you know, the close-up magic, because Scott had talked about close-up mm -hmm. magic with him. And Scott, like, you got to like, tell me how you did it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. He's like so that good. payoff was so that, fun. That, that was mm -hmm. so fun. But then they, they did the one thing I never thought was possible. And I like her a lot, especially in 40-Year-Old Virgin. But they, they, they made Cat Denning. No, she wasn't forty old version. Sorry, but Cat Dennings. They was she in forty old version? Was she the daughter uh, in forty? Now I'm now I'm doubting myself. Was she the daughter? No, maybe she wasn't. I don't know. Shit. <laughs> no matter what, Cat Dennings' character in Thor was terrible. I hated her, and they made her really great in Wandavision. I, I didn't loved hate her. her in Thor, but she is better in Wandavision. So <laughs> in much. WandaVision. She she fits in so much better, and I liked her, sure. and I cared about what happened to her. And she had the great, because you know they won't use the F word in in the Marvel universe. And so she's like, oh, fuh. And then like before she can say it, <laughs> she gets swallowed up by the hex. And yes. so, and I love that she, lo love that she was in the circus and the hex and stuff. Mm -hmm. It was, it was really funny. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and Rob, you're right. I just looked it up on IMDb. She was Marla in the 40 year old. Oh, thank version. God. Cause you know, like <laughs> I would, I would, the shame I would have if I got that wrong. I mean, but I, I agree Pokes with you. And I, <laughs> I actually liked her fine in the first Thor because I yeah, think the way the they used one. her with, I think what yeah. to me, what felt like happened is she got much more famous off of two broke girls. And so they tried yeah. to shoehorn her into more stuff and do that two broke girls. Come. She's got a certain sense of humor and, yeah. and they were trying to force it. And I mean, the, everyone will say that Thor of the Dark World is the worst, by far the worst MCU movie. Mm -hmm. I think, and so I mean, and I think it's just meh. I mean, to to, to the but point that's of what I'm saying. Like you're, right. you're talking like meh. I don't even that, hate yeah. it, and it is the worst. It is the worst. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah, it's like that cousin. Um, yeah, you don't really. Well, like now, obviously, Wanda Vision. It's finished its run, at least its yeah. first season. If it gets a second, I don't know. But the season finale was called the series finale. Okay, 
That's true. Bullshit. But I don't know. I mean, it was such a hit. It's such a hit. Maybe they would bring it back. But nevertheless, that has completed. We're still yeah. in this season of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, that show was a. I really like those characters, so I was looking forward to the show. And while it doesn't quite have the wow factor that WandaVision does, it's still been so damn good. Yeah. I, see, and that, and maybe there's the difference between me and you is. My favorite MCU movie is 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 Captain America Winter Soldier by far. Like just by far is my favorite. I love okay. it. And I and watched. If, if, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just yeah. want to emphasize your point. With something you said earlier, if that you could have done that movie without superheroes, yes, and it would have been just as great, and it would have been nominated for an Oscar, but because it's a superhero movie, it was yes. Because it's mm-hmm. basically it's it's a great combination of two days the the Condor three days the Condor shit uh, I love Robert Redford too but yeah but you know you've got all these I mean all these great you know Parallax view all these great points but I really love the show and they've really gone there is is they really are I mean uh, I hate being he's talking to two black men about the race but like i just love the way they're addressing race in this i love it i love that the, the underlying theme is america isn't ready for a black captain america yeah. and, and right. that's sam's fear and like he's right and so i mean ultimately and that's what sucks about america but i mean and it's great and like i and it's just such it's i mean i really love it because obviously you know they're really they're really keeping with the tone i think of winter soldier but um i really i mean i like i like anthony mackie a lot i, lo- I love you know, anthony mackie. and he's just so he's he's somebody that is just he's just dynamic when he's on screen I just oh really yeah like, and i've thought yeah. that since notorious he played biggie in that that was the first oh no, i thought he about played, since uh, he tupac. played tupac in that i mean no i thought about that since eight mile because he's the he's the bad rapper in eight mile um, he's Papa. I didn't Papa, remember he's him Papa in that, Doc. but he's I, Papa I may Doc have seen. I don't remember yeah. which one came out first, but I loved him yeah. as Tupac, and yeah. that was when I really he's, noticed him. And then I've seen him on talk shows like Conan and Fallon. Magnetic. I was like, I love this dude. They, I mean, one, one of my, <laughs> I love Daniel Brule. I mean, obviously, I've loved him since, um, since Inglorious Bastards. He's so good in that movie, um, and, and also another movie that a lot of people hate is Burnt but I love that movie so much with Bradley Cooper, where he's the chef and, and Daniel Brühl is his, um, the owner of the restaurant slash maitre d'. And he's just, I just really like him and, and him as Zemo. Like, I didn't think they could make Zemo in- more interesting. And like the part where he's, uh, you know, there's an, there's an hour version of him just dancing in the club. He's great. I mean, when he's giving the kids the Turkish, de- <laughs> yeah, he's giving the kids the Turkish delights and just, yeah. He's like, re- this all goes back to just how great the MCU is about establishing characters and drawing yes. them out, making them interesting mm-hmm. because Jacina was saying, because we've been rewatching these movies and she was saying, that the bad guys, the villains, have good motivations, like clear every single time motivations that you get. And he had a clear motivation in Winter Soldier. He's he not wrong? just this mustache twirling villain. He's not wrong necessarily. Yeah, not right. wrong. Exactly. Not, just like, same, just like, same for the Flag Smashers. They're kind of not wrong. Flag, right. I mean, God, they are so they're, they're, smart. Their way of doing it is is their way of doing this. Same with Killmonger. Killmonger, yeah. who I think is the best villain of all. Yeah. I mean, is Killmonger wrong? No. I mean, Definitely he's right. Not. And that and great s- line. 
mm. at the end of the movie from Killmonger. Which bury uh, me in the ocean. Uh, where my ancestors all oh, knew that death was better than being in chains. <sighs> I hope that, well, you know, my hope is that, I mean, unfortunately, with Chadwick being gone, is that they find a way to resurrect Killmonger and he becomes the new Black Panther. I mean, that's, I, that's one of the rumor mills. Or Shuri, or Shuri could be. I, I'm, I'm okay with Shuri being, but I, I like I, her. She was in the comics. Always going to be yeah. heartbreaking is how they deal with the loss because yeah. are you just going to have some planes flying away and it blows up? Cause that's not going to be good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's going to, how be do you really do. send this character off? And is it movie? off? If it's off camera, it's not going to feel right. Like, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be really hard. Um, mm. Yeah. I, I love Chadwick in that role. And he, uh, yeah. And I really like the fact that he like even watching Endgame and like realizing like what he was going through to do that. It's pretty heartbreaking. Yeah. And so, I, I agree with all of what you're saying. And, it, and Rob, yeah. you talked about uh, feeling bad talking to black men about this. You're basically yeah. Zemo when he was talking about Trouble Man. <laughs> that is, that's actually, with that scene, I was like, oh, shit, I'm Zemo. Like, no, you don't understand. It really can, you know, it's like, oh, God, that's me. But, it, but it's great. But, it, but it's great, though. I mean, he actually understood. He, to me, he didn't come he across wrong. as patronizing. And he wasn't wrong. No. I I like what I like the layers that they're giving to Zemo. Like I kind of actually like Zemo now. I do, even I, though I what do. he's doing is I wrong. I like that they made Sharon Carter like, holy shit, is she badass? Like he is, yeah. And re, in rewatching the Captain America movie she's in in uh, in Civil War, where she and Sam had an exchange, and he was like, whatever they called the suit, like whatever corny mm. thing they called the suit, he'd like repeat it. And she was just like, I don't write the thing. You know, she just had this <laughs> way of delivering it. It was like, she was already full. <laughs> like, yeah, she, she was barely in the universe. And that was, actress yeah. did such an amazing job making mm -hmm. that character full. And mm -hmm. this is just an extension of that. She didn't have to do any, she didn't have to do extra work to build out this character because she had already done the work like that. Well, we're not, we gotta so, talk, we gotta talk about my boy, my boy, Wyatt Russell. God, I love Wyatt Russell. <laughs> I just, I love that dude so hard. And it, it, it comes from one. I love the movie. Everybody wants some. And he is so good in that movie. He plays this. It's about, a, it's, it's basically, it, it, it's an unofficial sequel to Days and Confused. And it's about a baseball team in the early eighties. And, um texas which is what Le richard linklater did when he he went to ut and and white russell plays this stoner who it ends up being he's like 30 years old and he pretends to be younger so he can keep playing baseball <laughs> so <laughs> this character is awesome he literally is like the perfect hollywood child because he's got that kurt russell swagger with a little bit of that goldie hahn sense Charm. to him you know what i mean it's yeah. just like He's yeah, he the is. overboard of people. He is the overboard of people. And, but he wants to be so good and he wants to, you know, like he has good intentions, but good intentions don't mean good results. And right. I think, and we saw that this week, obviously. Right. The way I read him and, and it makes it that much more realistic is he was always the jock. He was always the captain. Yes. He was always yes. the star. He goes to West Point, which they have a certain perspective, a certain box they want to put everybody in as soldiers. Yes. Yes. So they, they develop that kind of guy, that kind of leader. And, and that's what he developed into in the field. So he's a great soldier. And in many respects, he is a great leader. 
but he's he's missing that heart that Steve Rogers had. He's missing yeah. that I stand up for the little guy. And I was the little guy. I know how that was. And sort and, of thing. And you think about Captain America, the the, the first Avenger, and and the scene where Erskine, who's so important to him, when he's like, you know, a weak man understands strength. And mm-hmm. the problem with John Walker is he's always been strong. He's always mm-hmm. been the best. Mm-hmm. So when you he just you, when you amplify it, you're not amplifying a heart that understands what it's like to be lesser. Right. And that's why he can't be Captain America versus Falcon, who has grown up obviously in America <laughs> and but has served his country country proudly and has been, you know treated horribly by our country when you think about the way he acted how they reacted to what he did in civil war and 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 winter soldier you know like he he has not been rewarded by this country and then obviously too financially he's not been rewarded as an avenger um because when he returns from the blip you know no one's helping him out and giving him a loan he's not he can under if he were to get the super soldier serum i have no doubt that he would make a great captain america but i don't think he's going to need it to be captain america so right yeah now i and to your what you all have said about wandavision i think sam in a way makes out the best by having this show Mm -hmm. because he was a side character in everything else he's been in whereas bucky was bucky was secondary as well yeah but he was secondary in a in a higher position in the first cap movie oh yeah one of the captain america movies has his name in it that's well, what I was know, about to say. Yeah, he's he's the guy that they're going after in the second cat movie. So Bucky's got a lot of development, and Civil War is still thrust by Bucky. So so now Sam's getting the development. And you know, and you know, and you think about like, and I think this will <laughs> perfectly segue into our next discussion. But if you think about like really great action comedies, there is usually when you have a buddy cop comedy, there is someone who maybe isn't as the primary focus when you think about something like Lethal Weapon, where Riggs is definitely the character that has the most development versus Murtaugh, who's more of an established person. And I think even though Bucky's got his problems, he is more of an established person versus Falcon in a way. And I think that he's a little more of the, he's got more going on. And Mm -hmm. I think, whereas Bucky, obviously mentally, he's probably a little more like Riggs. I think you know we have a little more stability with him as a viewer because we understand like it's not like Bucky was a bad guy he just got hosed after he fell off that train mm-hmm. so um you yeah. know whereas you know Sam's you know it's just the country and 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 what he's going through as a hero mm-hmm. so and so because of the PTSD though that Bucky's going through he and Sam still get development, even though Bucky's the more established one. So it, it it helps us that way as a viewer, I think. But how smart is it? Again, oh my gosh! Like we're I we're not paid by. I mean, I wish we were paid by by, by my Marvel. But how smart is it that they established from beat one with Sam's character that he cares about PTSD? He cares about the way people feel in Winter Soldier. That's where after they you know after on the left when he's running past him, he go you know Captain America goes to see him counseling soldiers and that scene where he's trying to counsel car is it carly or kari who's the who's the carly carly Carly. 
yeah carly you know he's he, he's legitimate and he has the right that's been he has the skill he has the actual at you know skill set to talk to her and reason with her mm-hmm. and and unfortunately it just gets hosed by john walker mm-hmm. which again <laughs> yeah. is a typical yeah. soldier impatience this is my objective i'm not yes. looking at strategy charge I'm, not, I'm charging yeah and plus and- he feels the weight so I, I, the other thing I appreciate is he wants to do the right thing as Captain America. So he and also again, feels that weight. Just like Justina said, every Marvel person, it's not like they have, they're not like this evil person. Like they've got good intentions. They just have bad methods. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and isn't that true with life and just in general? Oh, like so a lot bad. of us have. Or you can at least intentions. follow their intentions and get their intentions. Yes. Even if they yeah. And, but, life. you know, and most of us have great intentions. It's just we go about it. The the way, way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some sort of mistakes are made. You mentioned the counseling. A friend, a previous guest on the podcast, Fred Chung Rutherford, was pointing out something that he hasn't noticed anyone else acknowledge. And it's really important. Uh, when Sam and Cap meet, like you said, he is—he's uh, already established as this guy who's counseling. And later in Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. he sees Sam actually doing it. He sees yeah. him doing it, and that establishes Sam in such a way. But he's saying Steve is looking up to Sam in that moment. He's impressed by Sam. Well, then the snap happened. What does he do? He doesn't have Bucky. He doesn't have Sam. And he goes to do what he saw Sam doing, which is trying to help people and counsel. Yes, yes. And that is huge. I hadn't realized that connection, but that is the sort of attention to detail that is just marvelous about these movies. I, I no pun intended. Yes, yeah. It wasn't. (laughs) No, yeah, that is such. I was. I was sorry. I was going to jump in on that point just because. Yes, that is such an important scene because it shows when you have a relationship like what he and Sam had, it's transformative. Mm-hmm. And it really, it really is transformative. I mean, Bucky was his best friend since he was a kid. And so, I mean, he, you know, he was his brother, but Sam, you know, Sam was like that. I mean, it was like his new love and he changed him for the better. And, yeah. and it's, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it, he was honoring Sam when he did those, when he was leading those meetings and it was probably uncomfortable for him. Because he, because Cap was never that kind of guy that was going to be sharing his emotions like that. I mean, oh right, when he yeah. found out that Peggy died, he just said, "I have to go," and he left the room in yeah. Civil War. He doesn't tell the people who are closest to him anything about it. He just leaves because he thinks. I think because he doesn't I, talk about. It. I think what 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 Sam teaches him is intimacy in that sense, and like to be open and to be willing to to talk about those things. Cause you think about like the generation that cap is from, you just didn't do that. You didn't no. talk about your feelings mm-hmm. like that. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, that's not for, and Bucky says it too. He's 106 years old. Yeah. Right. Isn't that right? I mean, it's something like that. So yeah. it's like, he did he wasn't, Bucky didn't grow up talking about his feelings. And so like when they, when they have that scene where they meet with the therapist, that's a huge moment. Like, yeah. and like the mm-hmm. way he's opening up, like that's hard for that, his generation to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's hard for any generation just that much harder for them yeah yeah because it wasn't normalized like it is yeah, now exactly the only mistake i think they made with falcon and winter soldier was showing in the trailer sam practicing with the shield yeah it's obviously going to be like a final episode thing i know we I, haven't I seen it yet i completely agree that was so stupid i that, completely agree too yeah And that's how we ended that discussion on the one negative thing we had to say about the MCU shows. 
but you can listen to that entire episode as well as other episodes of the podcast on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. So check out that full discussion. You can go to thereitispod.com and look for the Pop Talk Action Comedy Bracket episode to find our bracket. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at There It Is Pod. Follow Rob's extra endeavor with him and the other best friends of the show, Jim and Clay. They have something called The Socks, and they put together music about stuff their kids say. On Twitter, they are at the underscore socks, Instagram at the socks official, and Facebook at the socks. So go check that out. And don't forget to go to thereitispod.com to find out other information about our newsletter and how you can support us. Until next time, be good to each other.